This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A loaded up talk of champions coming up in just a minute, including Ben Steele, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, to break down the injury to Alex Givens and more. But first, let me tell you real quickly about the Lamar. Oxford's only traditional neighborhood. What do we know about living in Oxford right now? One, it's expensive. And two, if you live on one side of town and you want to go to the other side of town, it takes an hour to get through traffic. We're all jammed, packed in like sardines in this town. But have no fear. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. And I can already hear it. I can hear your first question. What's a traditional neighborhood? A traditional neighborhood means right where you live. A grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, shops, all within walking distance of your front door. How many times has it happened? You're trying to relax, have a nice afternoon by yourself. You open the refrigerator and immediately you get that sense of doom and gloom because you have to go to the grocery store. And that means a three hour trek across town. When you live at the Lamar, the grocery store is but a quick breezy walk from your front door. But what about the houses? I walk through them. They're custom high-end spec houses. Beautiful finishes, open concept, modern two-story houses. If you're looking for a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts. I myself was blown away. I told John, John, this is where I want to live. So don't delay. Get in with the Lamar right now. Build out is happening. Get your spot. Secure your place. For more information, contact John Welty at john at johnweltyrealty.com. That's john at johnweltyrealty.com. Or give him a call at 662-23-HOMES. 662-23-HOMES. And now, Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea on Twitter. Today's guest on Talk of Champions, Ben Steele, former Ole Miss offensive lineman. And you can probably guess why. Ole Miss announced on Monday a statement. Alex Givens had back surgery. The same back surgery that Tony Romo had. And being a Cowboys fan, I can tell you that's concerning. His status for the opener is obviously in question. Could be longer before Alex Givens is back in an Ole Miss uniform. We'll talk about it. Talked about it with Ben, as well as nerded out pretty hard about offensive line play. I'm a former offensive lineman, not a good one, but I got to ask some of my offensive line questions to Ben Steele, my buddy, and he's coming up in about 10, 15 minutes. First, it's Sudo. Hey, bud, what's up? What's up, Benjamin? You you let me on a couple weeks ago, and uh, here I am. I'm back. I love you like that, man. What are you doing? Nothing, man. It's a day off for me, so finding some time to to talk to you, man. You're an Ole Miss alumnus. You still pay attention to the football team. When you see that Alex Givens has gone down, he's one of the few guys Ole Miss couldn't stand to lose. What are your thoughts on that? 
yeah, that's not good, Ben. <laughs> that's not good at all. And I think the realists, the, the fans that live in reality understand that this could be a rocky season as is. Um, and so when you lose one of your top offensive linemen, uh, that's never a good thing. I was one of those that was bullish that Ole Miss was going to win six games. I had no basis really for that. Maybe hope just springs eternal, and I wanted to believe and cover a team that fans got excited about, even if it was like a team in 2012 that surprised, little expectation, get to a bowl, and then Ole Miss fans pack out the BBVA Compass Bowl. Thought that could be the result for Ole Miss this year. Now with this news, and you don't want to be this volatile with your predictions, but who cares? That's why we do these podcasts and stupid things like this. All I could think about was what are they going to do? And it immediately flipped my brain to, oh, they're going to win four games, five games maybe. Alex Gibbons, yep. they can't lose him. He's the one guy for me that they could not lose no matter what. They could compensate for other guys. Matt Corral would be up there too, but if you made me pick one, it had been Alex Gibbons. He's the one person they couldn't lose. And the one thing I can't get over is this. They announced the surgery now. They've been yep. treating his back since March, April. And they treated it for eight weeks. It didn't get any better. They finally bit the bullet and said, okay, surgery. This could be six to eight weeks, if not longer, for him to get back. The idea that yeah. he'll be back for the opener seems silly. He's not going to be there. Michael Howard's going to start at right tackle. I don't understand why they didn't do the surgery earlier. And that's something we're going to have to ask Matt Luke later this week. He has his press conference on Thursday. They open practices Thursday, Friday. We'll be there at the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, the website that I write for, and affiliate of 247 Sports. But not doing the surgery right when you saw a problem. I know you want to monitor it first. You want that to be the last result. But now here you are with the season a month away, and you're without your best offensive lineman, one of the few sure things on your offense. That's not good. No, and what was funny to me was – the statement Ole Miss put out where they said, we're hopeful he'll be ready to go. And that means he's not going to be ready like, to go. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. This is a really serious back surgery. He's going to be out for an extended period of time. It's not good, Ben. Not at all. Especially when your top returners already on a thin line. It's not good at all. Michael Howard will be at right tackle. Ben Brown at right guard. Center will be Eli Johnson. Left is guard- Michael Howard big enough? Is he going to be big enough to be there? He's physical enough, but when you're 280 – there are limitations yeah. built into that. I yeah. think he's the best offensive lineman they have right now to assume the spot. I don't know if that's good or bad. Here's the thing I know. Of all those offensive linemen they signed in the 2019 class, only one, Nick Broker, can potentially help them. Only one. And there are a number of reasons for that. But take my word for it. As of today, there is one offensive lineman that can help Ole Miss, and that's Nick Broker. Jalen Cunningham needs to be good, but he's a little overweight still. He has a problem of being really good for two plays and then the third play being a disaster. Hamilton Hall's not ready to step in. Chandler Tewitt's had injury issues. Chandler probably gets a start at left guard at some point. Bryce Matthews is going to start at left tackle. Royce is going to stay at left guard. So Bryce Matthews... Did you move Royce over? The plan is to, to leave Royce where he is. So you have effectively Bryce, Royce, Eli, and Ben playing the same spots every game all year, assuming they stay healthy. But you take Alex Givens out of that formula, it becomes rocky. Those are your veterans. They've been in the program for so long, but they haven't played in games outside of Ben Brown, who started all 12 last year. 
it's just the worst injury they could suffer. We we talked about a few weeks ago. The best case scenario was six wins. Uh, the worst was four, and you're it's looking like four when you don't have a guy like Alex Gibbons. What is Memphis's defensive front like? Um, it's actually de- I mean, it's pretty talented. I'd say their defense is going to be pretty improved this year. I mean, th- their biggest problem over the last few years has been injuries, which you can equate that to the strength and conditioning or whatever you want to say. But um, if they stay healthy, they can they can be pretty impressive. And especially without Gibbons, uh, they Corral's probably going to be running around all all game. Who are their best players on defense? On defense, I would say, I mean, I'd say their corner, TJ Carter. Uh, he had a bit of a sophomore slump a year ago, but I mean, I, I think he's a phenomenal player. He's someone to definitely look out for. JJ Russell, a guy out of Grenada, a super talented linebacker. Tim Hart is pretty good. John Tate, Joseph Dorcius, he's a defensive tackle, huge. They kind of use him uh, on offense every now and then to kind of bulldoze his way into the end zone. Big guy. They have a pretty good front, and then Bryce Huff as well. When you look at Alex Gibbons going down, and I know my brain shouldn't have gone to this place first, but it did. This is where the NCAA investigation really hurts. Losing a wide receiver like Trey Nixon so big, they've replaced him with Dennis Jackson, Jonathan Mingo, Braylon Sanders, Elijah Moore, you name it. But the offensive line, Jack DeFore left Ole Miss because of the NCAA investigation. He is now the starting right tackle at Georgia Tech, but he can play both tackle and guard. Jack DeFore not being here with this happening hurts. If he was here, even had this happened, there's better depth. He'd have been starting at left guard probably with Royce Newman at left tackle and Bryce Matthews as the sixth offensive lineman. But with Jack not here, Bryce Matthews is in the starting lineup, and when Alex Givens goes down, who's the next man up? Tony Gray is a guy that they gave every opportunity, every opportunity in the world to stay here. And now he's probably lined up to start at Central Florida because he's a screw-up. He didn't leave because of the NCAA investigation. But they tried to cling to Tony Gray, who had attitude problems, off-the-field problems, and did hold on to him for as long as they possibly could, within reason, had to let him go. But letting him go was painful because they had nothing else behind him coming up. So not having Tony Gray, not having Jack DeFore, it just immediately bubbles to the surface now that Alex Givens is out of play. And if you're wondering where has the NCAA investigation hit, you knew that it hit old Mrs. Personnel pretty hard, but look at the offensive line. Alex Givens going down, and now, no disrespect to Michael Howard, but you're going to a 280-pound tackle. As physical as he might be for his size and all those kind of things, as much as you might like what he can be in a fill-in basis, what if Alex Givens' back surgery takes longer than you expect? And Michael Howard is your starting right tackle all year. Can he hold up? Is his physical nature enough to compensate for how small he is? Ole Miss is in a very tough place, and it's already that way on July 30th. Camp hasn't even opened, and now a number of us, including myself, have already adjusted what we think this team can be. Alex Givens was that important. Yeah, I know. I absolutely agree, man. I mean, that it all started with that. And by the way, DeFore, is a, that's a throwback, by the way. That's a yeah. name I haven't heard in a little bit. But it all started with that, man. I mean, you're still seeing the impact of that NCAA investigation. I mean, you you got a thin roster as is, and when you suffer an injury like that, I mean, you're pretty much screwed. So it's it's going to take a little bit of time for them to reload again, and there's just proof right there. Is like Memphis a straight-up toss-up? I still think so. I mean, I think even with the Givens, now the Givens injury definitely it, it hurts because I think he's that important to that offensive line. 
Um, but I would still say so. Yes. Like I still think if Corral can move around and, and find some guys down the field, which we know he can do, he's just going to be running all day. I think it, it can still be a, a toss up for sure. I understand Ole Miss's problems on defense, but I still don't know like what we're going to get from the Memphis offense. Brady white a year ago was underwhelmingly bad. In my opinion, like I just don't think he met any of the hype. Everyone was like, Oh, Mike Norvell's former, this guy, he recruited Arizona state. He was the number three, blah, blah, blah quarterback all, you know, and he, and he really disappointed with some great weapons around him this year. He doesn't have that. I mean, granted Norvell likes to say, you know, we reload and we, we have an offense built for playmakers. We can put anyone in and, and they'll succeed, which may be true. I mean, an AAC play, but I just, I just don't know if there's enough around Memphis's offense with what they lost to be able to be sit here and be like, yeah, they're going to, they're going to beat Ole Miss. But also I need to see more from the Ole Miss defense for me to be like, for sure. Ole Miss can win that game. Who are the playmakers for Memphis on offense? On offense, I like DeMonte Cox Coxie a lot. He was a uh, a guy, I believe Coxie was supposed to play at Auburn, or maybe it was L- I think it was LSU. Okay. He ended up transferring and coming to Memphis. He's a big guy. I, I just don't know like if he's I mean, he really needs to break out this year. Uh, he's a former four star from East St. John, six three, two hundred pounds. I mean, he's a good physical receiver and and when he's on, I mean, he's really, really impressive. I would say after that you know, they lost Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard to their biggest weapons. I'd say, I mean, John has, uh, goes by pop pop Williams is another receiver that you can expect to make some big plays and then running back Patrick Taylor to be, to be determined. I mean, you know, a year ago with having Daryl Henderson kind of paired up with him, it worked really, really well. Both guys put up big numbers, but losing Daryl now, it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, looking back at history, D'Angelo Williams, when he left, uh, the guy that was behind him was really good when D'Angelo was here, but when D'Angelo left, he was a bit underwhelming. So is it going to be the same way with Patrick Taylor? That's to be determined. And at tight end, they have a guy named Joey Magnifico that's actually really good. Uh, he might actually be a mismatch uh, for Ole Miss. So those are just some of the names I would probably uh, look out for for Memphis's offense. They don't seem like, does Memphis, a team that most SEC programs would be all that worried about. Not that they couldn't beat Ole Miss or an SEC team, but with where Ole Miss is, it's more of a neutral playing field and the fact that they got to go on the road. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. It's, it's kind of funny. Those, those like early national TV-type games that Memphis plays, they're actually really good at those. Mike Norvell gets his team really hyped for those. He, he calls them program-building, program-changing wins. And, and these guys come out with a fire. I mean, they beat Josh Rosen in UCLA my first year here. They can win those big games. My only thing is they've done it in the past with players that you knew for sure were going to step up, whether it was Anthony Miller or Riley Ferguson or whoever it may have been, Daryl Henderson, Tony Paul. They're having to reload right now as well. And while they have these promising guys that Norvell like, hey, this guy's going to be big this year, we just haven't seen it yet. So that's why there's so much of a question for me on on whether they're actually going to be able to have enough firepower. Uh, to beat Ole Miss. But I mean, you, you cover the defense more extensively than I do. Like, do you think McIntyre has made that big of a, a leap from last year uh, to this year based on what you've seen in the spring? I do, but I don't know what that's going to equate to as far as numbers. I don't know what that yeah. means. They were so bad last year in the hundreds in most every major statistical category to where what is improvement and what does that right. mean as far as wins and losses? If they're 80th, that's a big jump, a really yeah. big jump. But does that help with an offense that's going to be trying to figure things out? I don't know what offensively they can be. Or if Rich Rod's offense can cover up its deficiencies where talent is concerned. So I don't know. I think that defensively they have to be 
a more defensive-oriented team than offense, which is crazy to think about with Ole Miss since, what, 2012, 13? <laughs> Even yeah. though those defenses under Hugh Freeze, one of which was one of the top defenses in the country. I just don't know what is improvement, what that means, and if that's enough to compensate for the struggles the offense is going to inevitably have. Dude, this is so, it's going to be such an intriguing match. It's such a strange game to try to predict and think about. It is, because it's not like years past where – you bring up that twenty uh, that twenty thirteen game or twenty fourteen game, whatever year that was, that I was like, oh Ben, you know, Ole Miss is gonna run in there and they're gonna destroy Memphis. Like that year, Ole Miss had beaten Alabama. Robert Kimbichi was killing it. It was like, wow, like this team could honestly go to the college football playoff this year. It, it's not like that this year, and it's not even like a year ago for Memphis where everyone was like, oh okay, Memphis is going to the New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, I know Memphis is projected to go to the Cotton Bowl, but that still doesn't you know say much about out of conference play. I mean, they could definitely run the AAC and still lose to Ole Miss. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's going to be a fun matchup for me because I cover both teams and you know, I get, I get the, Oh, you're an Ole Miss Homer thing all the time, just because I've been predicting Ole Miss is going to win. But I really think Ole Miss is going to win because I just don't, I haven't seen enough from Memphis in terms of quarterback play to be able to say, okay, Memphis is going to, Memphis is going to win. Like if Memphis had a solid quarterback, if Riley Ferguson or Paxton Lynch or whoever was here, I would be like, eh, I don't know. Ole Miss's defense is pretty spotty. Memphis will probably get the upset. But I can't say that this year. I think it's comical that anyone would call you a homer in Memphis. Memphis fans <laughs> can be nuts. Yeah. Where do they get off telling my boy that he's a homer? You're, you're as objective as an Ole, of an Ole Miss fan as I know. I know, man. That's, that's what kills me because, you know, I go out of my way to um, – to pretty much know that, hey, I'm covering Memphis, I'm covering Mississippi State, I'm covering all these other schools. I need to give everybody equal time. Or maybe sometimes I even, if it's the equal game like college football-wise, I might lead with Mississippi State instead of Ole Miss sometimes, just because why not? Like, I cover both teams. But, you know, just because the matchup's coming up, I went there and I'm starting to be like, I don't know, I don't know if Memphis can win that game. I think Ole Miss is going to win. Everyone's like, oh, of course you do. I mean, of course the Ole Miss guy going to pick Ole Miss. And so I, I'm never going to be able to run away from that. I mean, you you're know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that's the so, hardest thing about being in that market. But that fan base is rabid for what it is. Yeah. And let me tell you this, dude, the Memphis football fan base has come a long way. I remember when I first got here, it was it was still coming along, even though they were more I'd say they were they probably had a more talented team and were set up for more success back in 2017. A lot of people tend to be transplants here or they originally started out at Ole Miss and then ended up coming to Memphis. So they end up being Ole Miss fans or Arkansas fans or whatever. But I'm starting to see a lot more of that pride, which which is a good thing. But also it, it puts me in situations where I end up being like, yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to win. And people are like, of course you do. You're, you know, you're the Ole Miss guy. So it's all fun. Alex Givens goes down before we get to Ben Still. Does that change your prediction in any way about Ole Miss and Memphis? We'll get right back to Sudo. But first, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. You guys know the story at this point. Recently, my wife's expedition was giving me all kinds of trouble. I was pouring money into it. I was fed up. So I called Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford on a whim before my daughter's T-ball game said, guys, I need a new car. And this is what I'm looking for. Ben, we got the perfect car. It's a van. It's a Chrysler Pacifica, which worked for me. It's the only van my wife was willing to drive. 
I said, cool, I'll be there in an hour. So I drove over. It was sitting there waiting for me. Loaded up, leather seats, car play. It's the best car I've ever bought, and that's no lie. That's what Brian and Mason and all the crew at Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford do. They cater to your needs. They take care of you. They'll give you a great deal. They did it for me. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford or elsewhere is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. I can personally vouch for them. If you trust me, you can trust them. Tell them Talk of Champion sent you. They'd get a kick out of it. Hell, I'd get a kick out of it. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-234-8000. 662 662- Two three four eight thousand to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at twenty two oh one East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. And now, it's talk of champions. It becomes I become less confident in picking Ole Miss. A few days ago, a week ago, you know, when I was at this golf tournament this week, you know, me and a bunch of media members, or they would just come up to me like, "What do you think? Can your Rebels do it?" You know, ask me all these questions, and oh yeah, I think they're going to win. I, you know, I just thought I haven't seen enough from Memphis quarterback wise. Got to reload the offense. I think Ole Miss's offense can be pretty impressive. I'll go with Ole Miss. Now it's kind of a question mark for me now, but I still would say Ole Miss is going to win. But it's 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 more of a question mark now. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Suda Upadea. Works for Channel 5 in Memphis at Suda Upadea on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Make sure to leave that five-star review. Also, we're available on SoundCloud and wherever you get your podcasts. A few issues, I think, with Spotify. I'm going to check, but just check out Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions, wherever you get your podcast, just search it. And make sure to leave a five-star review. If you're in iTunes, going out of the modern woman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss offensive lineman Ben Still, Alex Givens goes down. What do I do? I call an offensive lineman, and he joins us now. This is Ben Still on the modern woodman phone line. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago. I'm talking a couple of months where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local modern woodman representative and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does modern woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss offensive lineman Ben Steele. Ben, what's up, man? How you doing? Nothing much. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. Ole Miss's offensive line took a hit on Monday. Alex Givens, it was announced, is having back surgery. So, of course, where does my mind go? To Ben Still. He's my buddy. He's a former offensive lineman. What, what do you make of the news, Alex Givens going down? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the few uh, on the line where you didn't really have to worry about his 
his playing ability, I guess. So that's definitely a, uh, a hit to the overall line, especially him being a an older guy. You're going to lose experience for a little bit. So hopefully they can figure out the right person to replace him out there. For you, what was the biggest loss that any of the offensive line losses that you dealt with when you were playing at Ole Miss, who was the biggest one that you remember? It wasn't because of injury, but when Tunzel was out for, what was it, seven games and 15, I mean, I know it was still a good year, but I remember when he came back, um, the offensive line play just went up exponentially. And I guess he was a special player, so someone like that can really have an impact on how you play just the overall camaraderie of the uh, of the line. When you look at it, how do you compensate for that? When it first happens or when you first hear the news, it's kind of a hit. Um, you're kind of sitting there, what the heck are we going to do? But the stuff that they say to the media, next man up, it's kind of the mentality you got to take just to, just to get by and be there until, he, until whoever's missing comes back. And um, I know other groups probably aren't, probably aren't like that, but that really is kind of the only mentality you can take because if the next guy up's not ready to play, then we're all we're all screwed. So you gotta kinda take ownership over the spot and fill it in until until the guy gets back or you never know, maybe the, the next guy up is, is better. So hopefully whoever they find, um, to replace him, whatever combination of people they use or if it's just one person can adequately take over that spot and man it down while he's hurt and coming back. Givens was one of two players on the offensive line, the other being Ben Brown, that were returning starters. They were replacing every other guy. You're someone who stepped into a starting role that you'd been a developmental kid that spent a couple of years just getting bigger, faster, stronger, learning the system. The rest of the offensive line is made up of guys like that. Eli Johnson, Royce Newman, Bryce Matthews, all have been in the program for three years, waiting their turn, getting better. But to step into that role, how do you do it? How are you able to step in and produce after being in development for so long? I guess it's scary at first. You don't really know what to expect. But, I mean, after after a couple of years of being in the development stage or developmental stage, you're more than kind of ready to get out there as long as you, you know, know your assignments, know what to do, trust your 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 practice, your the, the conditioning you've been doing, the strength training you've been doing has all been, you know, the right stuff. You know, you're you're more than capable of going out there and handling your own. So make sure you know they know their assignments or make sure you know your assignments, trust your capabilities and go out there and just play because in all honesty, once you get out there, it ain't that bad. It, the first couple of plays are jittery, but you kinda just get into the flow of the game of the season and knowing you play is really as tough or as bad as, you know, people in the media or what you hear. No one's as bad as they seem. It's a pretty Pretty much level, pretty much a level playing field when you get out there. So you better know your assignments. That's all. That's all I can say. <laughs> what was the first play or hit that you took that you realized, okay, I'm the starter now? I remember it pretty pretty vividly. Uh, Boise State, some first start, and you know those guys were okay, not the best D line we played all year, but I remember they ran a twist, <clears throat> and the my guy went out, and the defensive end came under. And kind of caught me off guard, and I was like, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> you got—I guess you got to get your bell rung once, once or twice when you first get in there to make you kind of wake you up and get you. Hey, I'm in this thing. This is this is the real deal. But like I said, after you do that, or after that happens to you, you're 
it's smooth sailing from there. What would be your best piece of advice for Eli Johnson, a first-time starter at center? Like I said before, I mean, I guess the main job of the center really is kind of the kind of quarterback, the offensive line. Um, and I don't know how smart the linemen around him are, but got to make sure you know your silence, make sure everyone's on the same page, you know, make sure you're getting the right calls down. Um, all that kind of falls back on you because, you know, center's – yeah, you're in the middle. Everything kind of gets just jumbled up there, but your main responsibility is just to make sure everyone's on the same page. So not only do you have to know what you have to do, but you got to know what everyone else on the line is doing. Got to know what the quarterback's thinking. My one or my piece of advice for him is, you know, your assignments, you got to know everyone's assignments around you just, make, just to make sure everyone's on the same page because you are the, the quarterback of the offensive line per se. So that's my one one piece of advice for him going into it. Because I know he's strong enough to get the kid can lift a house. It seems like so he'll uh, he'll be fine. He'll he'll do good. I'm I'm confident in him. As far as the chemistry with the quarterback and the center, that's so important. How do you develop right. that? Is is it something that comes organically, or is that something that has to be developed through playing? Organically, a little bit just by being around each other in the in the locker room out of practice, but. You know, showing that you can you can play and that the quarterback can trust you, you can tr- trust that, hey, I know my his snaps are going to be right there every time. I know he's going to make the right calls. You know, it's a lot of different things. You know, just hanging out in the locker room, hanging hanging out outside of football, um, all that stuff kind of plays a role in the chemistry that the center and the the quarterback have. Uh, so, hope he's doing all that kind of stuff, and I hope QB can can trust him or does trust him because that's the that's probably the main thing just making sure everything everything's going smooth what was your relationship like with your quarterbacks uh they were good um me and Bo were tight I was probably a little bit closer with Chad than I was with Bo but Chad made that made that easier he was a lot more approachable I don't know just, me and him I think clicked a little more nothing not saying Bo was bad or anything like that but I feel like uh I was closer with Chad than I was with with Bo, but like I said, that just came from hey, being approachable, hanging out in the locker room, being out there at practice, you know, 15, 20 minutes before getting snaps. Me, you know, he trusted me. I thought I felt like you know we had a pretty good relationship there. It was it was fun to he was fun to play with. I know that with you and Chad, did you collaborate in any way as far as what you're seeing, the plays, everything like that? Yeah, so I mean, the run game is a run game. You know, quarterback's kind of making some calls there, but. We go through like blitz pickup. We would watch when we would watch the other teams, you know, kind of blitz film or film with all their blitzes and stuff. More times than not, Chad would voluntarily come in there and just kind of talk through with us. Hey, are you seeing this? You seeing that? And that kind of stuff. Hey, hey, your quarterback's putting in the effort too. Sitting in our meeting room, taking time out of his meeting room, or putting in extra time with us just to make sure everyone's on the same page and. Like, hey, you thinking what I'm thinking here? You got the same call I got here. Um, that's the kind of stuff I guess Chad would do um, that would help out with the uh, just, I guess, the overall relationship between offense line and quarterback. And plus, he was fun to have in there. He would cut up and stuff. So it was his overall pretty good experience. Which opposing team had the most complicated blitz packages? I'm assuming it's Alabama, but <clears throat> did anybody else disguise things gonna, better than the other ones? You're going to be surprised when I say this. Memphis. No way. <laughs> Probably they were see people I think people think Alabama's defense is 
super, super complicated. Rightfully so. I mean, they're freaking awesome. But when it came down to it, you know, it wasn't really that complicated. They, they, they lined up and played man and they could do it. They just did it better than, than everyone else. But as far as like having the game plan for the most blitzes, the most fronts, I just remember Memphis week every year was always the longest blitz pickup period every, every year was when we were preparing for Memphis. Um, they ran that like three, four stack. And they, I mean, they had, to me, it seemed like a million different things they threw at you. And I think they had to because they didn't have the players Alabama had or what or whatnot. So I told you you'd be surprised, but <laughs> that was a team that um, kind of sucked preparing for just because you had no, you had to go over so many different things. Is there one blitz package or blitz play that's more uh, difficult in real time to pick up on as it's happening? You can prepare for it all you want to, but in real time when it's happening, which one is the most complicated or most complex to see? I'm trying to think how to explain it. I have a picture in my mind of it, but let's say the line's sorting or going to the right on a the protections to the right, so everyone's got the right gap or something like that. But they dial they dial up some blitz that's coming from the left, and you kind of got to mid play, you got to see it, and you got to go back and change your course, and hopefully just get a piece of people before they or a piece of the players before they demolish your quarterback. But those are always the worst ones when they would disguise it and you would sort to it or you would go to it, call the protection towards it, and then they bring it from the other direction. You, mid, in the middle of the play, you'd have to kind of change your course and try to get back on track and at that point you're just trying to get a get a piece of them because you know there's really no way you can stop them fully but there was a hand, handful of teams that would do that and it sucks because <laughs> you got a linebacker bearing down on you he's coming full speed you're having to divert course and just get in his way those have to be probably the most painful hits if you don't get there in time yeah you're pretty much sacrificing your body and just kind of diving in their way just to slow them down enough to for the quarterback to get the ball off because if you try to just straight do them straight up you're either going to miss them or not get there in time so now those were the those were the hardest ones i would remember when they would disguise it well enough where we would call the protection towards it and then they would bring it from the other direction and you'd go oh shit one of the things that was often said throughout um the tenure of hugh freeze was that the blocking schemes themselves didn't matter what the play was, the line was blocking pretty much the same way. Is that true or an oversimplification of what y'all were doing? A little bit of both. I mean, we you had your RPOs. You had, pretty much every run play had an RPO. I think we got called for down man downfield at a handful of times while I was there, but not, I don't think they really called that in college, to be honest with you. But So, I mean, you're blocking the run play, and there'd be times I'd be locked up on a linebacker and the ball come whizzing by my head. But So, the line gets a call you're blocking whatever scheme it is. And I think the quarterbacks and receivers and running backs, they can run 10 different plays off, off the scheme. Uh, the pass protection was always pretty, pretty simple. You know, short and right, short and left. You got gap protection where everyone's got one gap. And the pass protection was pretty simple as far as scheme wise. You have to game plan sometimes, but um, I don't know, a little bit of both. It, it was, there were simple schemes for the line at least. And then I think, the running backs and quarterbacks and receivers had a had a bunch of different options they could do because we never knew we never knew really what was going on behind us. We just hey he called this play this scheme this is what we're running 
more times than not, we had no idea what was going on in the backfield. I mean, we knew if it was play action or anything like that. We had our scheme. We had our play call. We were running it, not knowing what anyone else was really doing, and you go from there. As the center, it wasn't so much you setting the protection as accounting for gaps, right? In a simplified scheme like that, you're not directing traffic for what's in front of you so much as when they line up, you're calling gaps. Basically, you're making you know you're making sure that you know, you're calling the front side double team. If the center and the guard have a front side double team, make sure the tackle knows that he's by himself. Or if the front side guard and tackle had a double team, you'd make that call, and you're either bringing your backside guard with you, or you got the nose guard on your own. So I mean, they weren't super complicated calls, but you still had to make sure you you knew them and everyone was on the same page, just just so the play would flow. And I mean, you'd have to game plan, you know, make a certain call with this look or whatever. But no, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't too 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 bad. You just had to had to learn them. If there was an RPO called and you're approached with a bare front, what's the call going to be from the center? Five. You just hold up your hand. So if you ever see Eli, I'm guessing it'd be the same. But whenever you'd see like Conyers or me or Eli or any of these guys just kind of squat down and hold up their opposite hand and it looks like they're waving at something, he's making a five call on it. That's basically saying, hey, everyone's manned up on your own. No, no help's coming, so you better – you better nut up and, and win your one-on-one. That's what that meant. That has to be a hard thing for everyone else, but it's somewhat comforting knowing that Laramie Tunsil's got somebody by himself. You don't have to worry about it, right? Pretty much. <laughs> I guess you know, when Laramie was there, you never really had to sort people to him. I mean, we still would, but let's say we were sorting everything away from him. You felt comfortable that he was out there on, a, on an island because, I mean, shit, I don't even know how many stacks he gave up, but maybe two his entire time there so having him at left tackle made it made it really easy on that front what made Laramie so good and now that he's emerging as one of the best left tackles in the NFL what made him so good from jump did you know how good he was and what are his strengths that has allowed him to become what he is right now we'll get that answer from former Ole Miss offensive lineman Ben Still in just a second but first a quick word from modern woodman you've walked this path many times before it's a chance to think especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. I mean, I think just his quickness and, and footwork and He's got a hell of a punch, too. So, I mean, like, the same set that you would see, like, a tackle taken where he'd have to kick back three or four times to get to a defensive end, Laramie could do it in one and sit there and wait for him and then take both his hands and jab it right in the guy's chest. And for some reason, his jab would just slow people down. And they could He would just grip onto him and wouldn't let go, and the guys couldn't get off of him. Man, I mean, he was, he was just one of the, the quickest – 
human beings I'd ever seen play football. It was fun to watch. I mean, he, I, don't know, I think just his quickness, his footwork, and his ability to keep his hands inside and punch with a force like I hadn't really ever seen just made him made him a special player. I mean, I guess it come down to it, just his fundamentals were exponentially better than everyone else. And that's not something you can really learn. I mean, everyone can be taught the basics, but that's natural ability. When he stepped on campus, I remember his first or second practice in pads. We were watching them when the media was allowed to actually go to practice, and you saw Laramie, and it was obvious, right, that, oh, this is one of the best players on the field right now. As a freshman, he could go and be the prototype and play in the NFL right now just based on what he's going to be. It's obvious what the talent is. So that's not something that can necessarily be learned. He's just that kind of talent. Right. I remember I didn't grow up an Ole Miss fan, so I didn't really ever watch the teams when Michael Moore was playing and stuff. But um, I remember some of the guys that had been around the program for a while, they'd come up and talk, be talking about Laramie, and they were like, that guy, that guy's more game-ready day one than, than Michael forever was. And I was like, shoot, if, if these guys are saying that, this is this is generational talent, potentially once-in-a-lifetime uh, talent that I, I don't know if I'll ever see someone as good as him ever again. Um, hopefully I do, and hopefully he's at, he's at Ole Miss, but um, he would be tough to tough to be on that front. You didn't grow up an Ole Miss fan? No, I grew up a – I was a hardcore Tennessee fan growing up. And no kidding. It was, it was weird. I, you probably wouldn't have seen a bigger Tennessee fan than me, and now I can't really stand them. So, a complete 180 on that front. Why do you hate Tennessee now? So, I mean, when I was going through the recruiting process, I mean, I didn't have a whole bunch of offers, but Ole Miss was one of them. And I kind of felt Tennessee just kind of – I guess I was kind of expecting an offer there since the dad played there. I don't know. There was just some back and forth, and they ended up never offering me. And I kind of just – Screw them. That was when Derek Dooley was there. And it's funny, my – so the year I graduated high school, they didn't sign one offensive lineman in that class. And I think you can kind of tell that that hurt them um, down the line. But, I don't know, just kind of felt betrayed a little bit per se. But uh, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Shoot, I'm happy as hell that I chose – or went to Ole Miss rather than Tennessee during that time period, I'll tell you that. Dad went to Tennessee. You went to Ole Miss. Your brother's at Arkansas State. He's a three-year starter there. Do y'all ever get mm-hmm. around and compare notes and decide and debate who was the better player in college? <laughs> it was funny. He, so he, he got put on that Remington watch list, which I never got, and he sent me a text and was just like, suck it. And I was just like, <laughs> man, why <are> looking? <laughs> I was just like, man, congrats. I never got that. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, now, Dad's probably the one that says, look, guys, I mean, it's cute. You played in college, but I'm the one that brought you into the world the dad always has the trump card i created you exactly but now we we'll get around and jacob will call me and be like hey this team's doing that or this what advice you got for me how to block it and um just random stuff like that and we talk most every day and shit i'm i'm happy for them arkansas state you know they're they're good for their conference and stuff and they're they're a fun team to watch and happy for them what are your thoughts on Ole Miss last year, 5-7, and 1-7 seven, and seven in the conference, lost so much? The fewest returning starters on offense in the SEC, the most on defense. What can Ole Miss be? Not having Alex Givens potentially available, that's a huge deal. Michael Howard, he's 280. He's going to be starting likely if it were today at right tackle. So what are your thoughts on what Ole Miss can potentially do? Can they get to a bowl? The schedule's pretty tough. 
man, I think they can if they so I mean if they come out and beat Memphis, they can beat Cal, they can win the non conference games that they have because I don't think we really have anyone like super super tough outside of those two. So if we can get those four wins and squeak out a I don't know shoot a win against Arkansas home or Vanderbilt at home. Six wins, I don't think it's out of the question. I'm excited about the, the hires uh, that Coach Luke made. I think they'll be good. You know, I think people got to give them a little over a year. I know that's hard for almost fans to do, I've learned. But uh, I really do think the staff that's in there now can be good. But I don't think people realize we're still – I think we're still short on scholarship players and stuff like that. And, shoot, you have guys like Givens that go down, you know, randomly – you can have the greatest coach in the world, but if you don't have the players there, it can hurt. So hopefully we'll give the coaches more than a year to uh, to show what they can do. But I'm, I'm excited about those hires. I think six, seven wins isn't out of the question if we take care of business in the opener and win our non-conference games. I think we could maybe squeeze out a couple of SEC wins and get to a bowl game. Shoot, I'd love to go to a bowl game. I want to go somewhere fun. You and Robert Conyers, the last time y'all were on this podcast, it was a roundtable together when Matt Luke had been named the interim. And y'all were effusive in your support and your praise of Matt Luke. Do you still feel confident in Matt? And the second part of that is, as his former player, he was a position coach for you and Rob um, as the offensive line coach. What's the relationship like now? Could you still pick up the phone and call Matt? What is he like with his former players? Is he still accessible to you guys? Yeah, um, I'm call him all the time but if I did I would expect him to either call back at some point and every time you're in Oxford or you stop by the IPF he's extremely personal asking hey how's life how's everything going in Memphis he'll stop and talk to you for a while I'm involved with the M club down there and I know he's really taking that to heart to get them more involved um, with the program you know allowing former players back not that they weren't ever allowed but like getting them more involved with the program I know all the former players love them just because of that kind of stuff. And I think now that the sanctions are over with, you give him a couple of years to recruit with not that without that cloud over his head. I think he can. I think he can be good and shoot. If he if he can if he can turn it around, there's no one else you'd rather have as almost as head coach than him. Just because shoot, he if he can turn around and be good. That guy would never leave this place. I don't know. Like I said, I'm excited to see what what happens this year. I'm excited to see. The coaches he brought on go to work and put a product out there that the Ole Miss fans can be proud of. He's former Ole Miss offensive lineman Ben Still joining us on the Modern Woodman phone line. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. That was former Ole Miss offensive lineman Ben Still on the Modern Woodman phone line. This is Talk of Champions brought to you by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple. And I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171, 662-534-8171. 
VNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me, they'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett to Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. All right, before we get out of here, Sudo, David Johnson, my co-worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports, came on the podcast for a recruit check last week. I asked him who could be next as far as a commitment is concerned for Ole Miss football. The name he spouted out was Jabari Small, running back out of Memphis, Briarcrest. Guess who's from Memphis? Sudo, he works there. Tell me about Jabari Small, Ole Miss's most recent commitment. I like Jabari, man, a lot, actually. Um He's, he's listed as an all-purpose back. I mean, he definitely is uh, one of those guys that gets the tough yards. Last couple of years that I've covered Briarcrest, it's, he's been a guy that I've noticed. Um, and Briarcrest has had a – he had a, had a really good running back. I think he plays at Missouri now, whose name escapes me right now. But Jabari was able to make an impact even with him on the same team. Third and short, third and four, whatever, you give the ball to him. It's someone you can definitely trust to get the first down, get those tough yards. Um, I'm sure once he gets to Ole Miss, he'll pack on a few more pounds on him. He's already like 5'10", 5'11". Uh, I think he might be listed at like 190 maybe right now. So um, once Paul Jackson gets a hold of him, gets you know, puts some more pounds on him, I think he can definitely be uh, one of those guys that Ole Miss can count on. Had, had a great list of offers. I know uh, Auburn had offered him at one point, Arkansas, uh, UT, A&M, tons of, you know, Power 5 schools. So – and I, and I recently discovered that his dad actually played at Ole Miss. Yeah, Eddie Small. Yeah. Do you know me at all anymore? You know I know who Eddie Small is. Oh, well, there you go. I, I wish you would have led with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, a lot of these kids that play in Memphis, turns out their parents are like Ole Miss alums and things. Yeah. Like, I found out the other day that uh, NUS's quarterback a year ago, Seller Shy, is – I guess he's walking on at Ole Miss. Yeah. And his dad is like this Emmy-winning producer, and I, I didn't know he went to Ole Miss. I found yeah. out pretty recently. Yeah, so. which makes it more puzzling as to why Ole Miss hasn't had more of a presence in Memphis lately. I know it, dude. Everyone I meet, like I meet so many people that are always saying Hottie, Hottie, me, and blah blah blah. And I'm always like, hey, Hottie, Hottie. And then someone will be like, do you know who that is? Like that's so and so. They went to Ole Miss, and I'm like, oh, really? Like that's cool. Um, so there's a huge alumni base here. So yeah, you're right, man. Okay. Do know. they ever say, oh, Sudo, I remember you from the Spirit? Uh, occasionally, like Ooh, okay. I will say, dude. Every year at the golf tournament, like this past week at the WGC FedEx. Oh, Day, God, this is the most Ole Miss thing ever. I got a few. Dude, they they love me at the – that's when people, you know, people from Oxford and all over come to watch these guys. And I always get a couple like, hey, like, Sudo, like, oh, man, we used to follow you on the spirit. Or, you know, like, or just a hottie toddy. And I'll know they're most likely not recognizing me from Channel 5. They're, they're probably recognizing me from the Ole Miss spirit. Did um, they ever say but, I love when you come on Talk of Champions with Spirit, Ben? Yeah, yeah, I haven't had that yet, Ben, but maybe a few more episodes and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I, a few more episodes and then, you know. I can never we'll get, get away from my Twitter handle. You and I have talked about that. There are so oh, yeah, many dude. Ben Garretts in this world. When I signed up for Twitter and it was late in 2009, I couldn't just do Ben Garrett or Ben underscore Garrett or Ben. I didn't want to do Ben Garrett, one, two, three, four, five, whatever. I just went with the spirit, spirit Ben. That was a yeah. bad, bad choice. I get asked that all the time, by the way. Everyone's like, oh, how spirit, man. You know, oh, like, God. Oh, he's well, 
I mean, I remember when I first got to the spirit, you wanted me to, you wanted me to be spirit pseudo. And I was like, no, sir. I, I wanted I you not. to be in this with me. I just couldn't, man. Cause spirit pseudo sounds like I'm like the pep rally cheerleader. You, you sound like, like I, the tech guy. <laughs> spirit pseudo for all your computer needs. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I mean, my, my account on omspirit.com is still pseudo omspirit. I thought that was better, but I was not, I was never going to change my Twitter. I was like, I'll just let these people try to figure out how to spell it. But well, I'm now, now I can't it. change it. That's what's known to people. Spirit Ben is a brand, dude. It's a household name. That's disgusting. The that, there's no truth to that at all. <laughs> it was funny, though. My mom came into town, and she wanted to go eat. We went to South Depot Taco Shop. We're in yeah. line. We're getting our burritos. And the guy behind the counter was staring. And my mom goes, uh, do, you, do you need something or something like that? I can't remember. And he goes, your spirit been right? And my mom thought it was the greatest thing. And now, whenever we have, I don't know, a Christmas gathering with my family, she goes, do you know he's spirit Ben? He's spirit Ben. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so sweet. It's terrible. It's terrible. No, man, that's awesome. That's, you know what? That's what I think about, like, this profession. Like, I, I had my first picture. Like, someone wanted to take a picture with me a few days ago. That had never happened in Memphis. In Oxford, like, just because of the Ole Miss spirit, I, you know, people used to be like, hey, let me get a picture. But that never, it's never happened to me because of Channel 5 in Memphis. I got my first opportunity the other day, and I thought it was so special. And the first thing I thought of, I wasn't even like, it wasn't even like an ego trip thing for me. It was like, yeah, it was. This would be, I was like, this would be so special if my dad was here to see this. That's the first thing I thought. Okay. You would not handle celebrity well at all. <laughs> you would be terrible with true celebrity. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into that too much. We've gotten off track here. Jabari Small committed to Ole Miss. He's a three-star player on 247, 5'10", 190 out of Briarcrest, like Sudu mentioned. Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Cincinnati, UT, A&M, a bunch of offers. Ole Miss at running back is pretty set with Jerrion Ely, Devon Pittman potentially. Is he strictly a running back, or is there positional flexibility there? You mentioned that he's an all-around player. So, he's an all-around guy. I think he can catch passes out of the backfield. I think you could move him around even a little bit. I mean, like, Javari, I think, can be pretty pretty dynamic for that offense, especially if Rich Rod stays. I think he's he's pretty open to doing whatever Rich Rod says. I'm pretty sure, because um, I, I mean, I know he can definitely catch passes out of the backfield. So you know what the hands. first thing people probably thought when they saw Jabari Small? What's that? Steve Slayton. <laughs> Steve Slayton was a three star recruit. He went to West Virginia, became one of the best running backs yeah. in the country, got drafted by the Titans. So I can already see it. Anytime. There's an all-purpose back. He's not strictly listed as a running back. Can catch passes out of the backfield. Everyone's going to wonder from this point forward, if, as long as Rich Rod is the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss for however long that is, oh, is that the next Steve Slayton? It's the same thing with John Rice Plumley. Is he Pat White? Before that answer from Sudo, let me tell you real quickly about the Oxford Park Commission and Cheney's Pharmacy. The Oxford Park Commission is currently registering for youth flag football in the fall baseball season. Leagues are open for ages 6 to 12 in football and 6 to 15 in baseball. Cost to sign up for football is $50, while it's just $40 for baseball. Each sport will be played at FNC Park. For more details, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. 
For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Com. Chinese pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Yeah, you you can't help but think like, oh my god, like that was the it was the best offense to play with in NCAA football. By the way, well, I forget oh, what yeah. that yeah like the video game that was. But Rich Rod's offense was like I would unfair everybody with unfair that offense. Yeah, so like just being that kid that's grown up, you know, playing with that offense in video games, and now having that OC at Ole Miss, like you you just can't help but kind of fantasize about it you're like whoa like is Matt Corral Pat White like is this really gonna happen like I don't know I think it's exciting for that reason yeah despite the uh the, the unfortunate news of Alex Gibbons yeah that's bad you know Alex going down that's is the biggest loss they could possibly have right now yeah fall camp opens yeah. this week now you know where all the focus is going to be paid attention to you're going to want to know what's going on with Matt Corral but frankly if they can't protect him it doesn't matter Thanks. Luckily, he can move around a little bit. So, what are you working on right now, um, dude? So, Memphis's media day is actually the same day as Ole Miss's on Thursday. So, trying to do that's a little disappointing. Bit of I thought I'd be seeing you. I know, man. I wish you know. I haven't been to the Manning Center since I left. So, maybe one day I can make another appearance um, at a media day or something. But, um, yeah, doing some research on some of these guys' backgrounds. Want to start doing some like cool uh, feature stories, you know? Um this fall especially so i'm trying to kind of figure out the background of some of these guys to see if i can if i can uh, tell some cool stories about them um that's really it man college football's coming up obviously memphis tiger basketball they're doing this preseason tournament in the bahamas um i discovered recently i will not be going to the bahamas but that's unfortunate uh yeah that's still exciting that's coming up gonna have a lot of focus on that so that and just trying to find some cool stories man some uh some, some stories i feel like people will enjoy that's that kind of go beyond just the results of the games and the previews and things like that. So top three Memphis storylines entering fall camp. Oh, uh, Brady white. Is he going to be able to live up to the hype in the second year in this system? Uh, number two, can Patrick Taylor replace the production from Daryl Henderson? Number three, um, <laughs> top three storylines, man, you got me with that one. I was pretty automatic with the first two. Yeah. Um, number three uh, is Ole Miss's or Ole Miss is Memphis's defense more talented than last year? Because they're supposed to be way better. They're supposed to be like improved tremendously a year ago, and injuries kind of hurt them. So it's like okay, everybody's pretty much healthy this year. How are they going to look? Did you ever ask Daryl Henderson why Ole Miss didn't recruit him, or what went into his recruitment from Ole Miss? I did not. I did not. It's something I wish I would have, but, um, you know, the guy, obviously, I mean, he's from Batesville. His draft party was in Oxford. It, it's just, I just, Ben, I really think if Hugh Freeze wanted him, he could have had him. And hey, I know he could have had him. I can tell you, that's when I covered recruiting. I know for a fact he could have had him. It just comes down to that him. Uh, there was a, uh, Jannard Avery. I mean, all those guys, like if Ole Miss wanted those guys, they could have had those guys. I mean, but you know, who's this Grenada linebacker at Memphis? His name is J.J. Russell. Okay, here's my challenge to you. Tim Hart was an Ole Miss recruit. He just didn't go to Ole Miss. 
Yeah. I want you to ask JJ Russell if Ole Miss really yeah. recruited him. I can actually do that without people being like, oh, why are you asking Ole Miss questions? Because they're going to play him. Yeah, so, they're going to play him. So Tim Tim Hart really was an Ole Miss yes. recruit? I, I didn't know this. Played at MUS. I actually, yeah, I know Tim. I actually know Tim. One of my uh, really good friends uh, introduced me to Tim, so Tim's a good guy. But, I think um, he actually wanted to come to Ole Miss. There may have been an issue with whether or not his scholarship was committable or not. Ah, uh, okay. I'm okay. giving you stories in real time. I appreciate that, man. This is going to be fun to ask these guys on Thursday. I'm going to be like, and then they're going to talk all this noise. I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait. Tim Hart doesn't seem like much of a trash talker, though. He is not, man. Great kid. Like, has a straight completely. I mean, whether it's academics or athletics, I mean, this kid, like, he wants to make it to the league so bad. He's He's an awesome, awesome kid. He really is. So, uh, and, and he's, he's bound to have a big year as well this year. So he'll be another guy to look out for because now that a couple guys have left, it opens up maybe a starting spot for him. So yeah, man, it's going to be fun, Ben. I'm excited to see you at the Liberty bowl. And, uh, when is it? Is it the end of August? I'm not coming. Oh God. We, we yeah, we talked about this last time. I, I'm the man behind the desk right now. That's right. I go to every yeah. basketball and baseball game, and I get to be the man behind the desk with snarky comments and putting out content as it happens after the games. I don't have to go to the post-game scrums anymore. Wow, that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. The, getting out of that, that's, wow. Well, shocked, when you shocked, have to go to every single baseball game, it makes up for it. That's true. Longer season. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Let's not pretend like I'm getting off scot-free here. I do a ton of football. It's not like I'm not covering <laughs> football. I'm just not having to go out and stand in 108-degree heat to watch practices, to watch them stretch and then act like I know what I'm talking about. Oh, so you don't even do practices anymore. I, I sometimes do. I sometimes do. And I'm going to go to a number of games, but I'm not going to Memphis. I'm the man behind the desk for Memphis. Hey, man. Whatever works for you, Ben. Yeah. Well, it's a requirement from 247. Your spirit, Ben, man. Oh, my God. Call your shots. You're when you ask man. J.J. Russell about Ole Miss, I want you to tweet out the quote and tag me in it as an inside joke. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> okay. And that way, all of the listeners here on Talk of Champions that are on Twitter and follow Sudu at Sudu Upadea can join in on the fun. Inside joke season between me, you, and how many listeners do we average on, on the pod? I'm not going to tell you exactly. Let's just say I really appreciate the listenership. It's been great for me. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Making Spirit Ben a household name. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> you know, I called you yesterday. I wanted you on the podcast. And as we finish, all I can think is, why did I subject myself to this? List of list of Ole Miss household names. You ready? Number one, Archie Manning. <laughs> Number two, Eli Manning. <laughs> Number three, Spirit Ben. <laughs> no, I'd be four behind Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. And then oh, Deuce. Man, the and then Chris Warren, Marshall Henderson, Stephen Head, David DeLucci. You're Spirit right Ben's what, man. 13th? I'm kidding. I, I hate the name. Or moniker Spearbends. Spearbends number four, man. Let's let's be real. <sighs> He's Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea on Twitter. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. Oh, there it is. Check <laughs> me out on the Ole Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Sudo works for Channel 5 in Memphis. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. Also should be available wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And if you're in iTunes, leave a review. Five star if you prefer. I would hope so. It helps me. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. See you later, Spirit Ben. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.